You're listening to episode 47 of the Curiosity Club podcast. Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, a safe place to get your weekly dose of life lessons, helping you let go of fear, overwhelm and insecurities. I'm your host, Katri Barrett, and with each episode, I share my insights and practical skills for you to unlock your full potential. Live and work confidently. Be courageous. Be curious. Because life's too short to keep holding yourself back. Hello, lovely people. I hope this episode finds you all very well. I do have a special guest in store for you today, but before I introduce her, I wanted to acknowledge the fact that we are on the final countdown before Christmas now. And whilst I personally love the festive period, all the food, the get-togethers and the excuse to see people you haven't in ages, I know it's not the same for everyone. For some, it might be a lonely time, it's perhaps stressful with the financial pressures, or maybe because you have to navigate challenging family dynamics. With that in mind, I want to just remind you all that it is absolutely okay to not enjoy this time of year as much as other people, and to say no to things over the next week or so in order to keep your sanity and to not let overcommitting or perhaps particular people deplete you. Also be aware of what you're consuming on social media and notice if that comparisonitis is creeping in. Are you telling yourself how perfect everyone else's Christmas or life looks and comparing it to yours? Remember that you're never seeing the whole picture and if it's making you feel like this, then perhaps now is a good time to take a little break from your online world. I just wanted to start on that note and give you a little permission not to be pressured at this time of year and a reminder that if you do enjoy it, don't feel bad for going all out, for overindulging, just soak it all up and Be present in each moment. Enjoy each moment. This time of year, in my opinion, should be all about connection and community. So enjoy it. And with that, I am very excited to introduce my special guest today, Pandora Paloma. Pandora is an intuitive living coach, author and speaker, specialising in intuitive eating, living and business. According to Pandora, the living comes first before everything else and she works with women all over the world, empowering and educating them to show up for themselves, to manage their toxic self-talk and limiting beliefs by encouraging them to tap into their own power. She describes this as their own inner GPS, as a guide for health, life and business. And she dives deeper into all of these areas for us today. I've personally admired Pandora's work for a number of years, and I love how she taps into the spiritual side of things in a really down-to-earth and accessible way, which is why I was keen to get her on as a guest for you today. From this episode, you can expect to really understand what being intuitive and intuition actually is and how you can recognize it within yourself. 
as well as the symptoms that we can all be looking out for that might suggest we aren't living intuitively. I often think that intuition is something that's often misunderstood or disregarded by the very people who would really benefit from tapping into it. And Pandora explains it in a really digestible and practical way that helps you understand why tapping into your inner GPS can help navigate your life in a more authentic and fulfilling way. She also shares her practical insights into how you can be living and building more purpose and power into your life and her top tips for setting goals and intentions for 2020 and the new decade. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Be sure to leave a rating and review telling us what you found most useful and do subscribe if you haven't already. Welcome to the Curiosity Club Pandora. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really good. Really good. Can you tell us, to begin with, a little bit about what you do and your journey to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm an intuitive living and business coach. Um, I specialise in intuitive eating, uh, intuitive living and business. And I sort of launched them in that order. So I originally trained as a nutritionist and I found... The world of nutrition, very contradictory, and no one in my in the classroom was really talking about our emotional connection to food. And I, having had restricted myself a lot in the past, knew how that had affected, you know, my relationship to food. And um, so I wanted to sort of really focus on anti-diet um, and I did an online course with the founders of Intuitive Eating and started my practice. And quickly soon after, I realised that it really was how <clears throat> how we were living or not living, as it were, um, that was really having an effect on our relationship with food and how we were eating. So how supported we felt, um, you know, whether we felt purposeful, whether we were you know, doing well in our careers where we were, you know, in good relationships, friendships. And I really wanted to look at actually how we were living and thinking. I've always been very interested in how we think. And so I did a a course in coaching and brought upon, I suppose, a lot of my other teaching. I trained in meditation. I trained as a yoga teacher. I'd done various other bits and pieces. And I sort of pulled it all together and something that I knew that I had a real connection to was my intuition and I really felt that I was very often led by it and when I didn't use it you know I got myself in a bit of a pickle so I decided to sort of you know position myself as an intuitive coach um to sort of help people see their own power you know I do believe that we have all of the answers inside of us and it's about facilitating a space for us to find those answers Um, And then most recently in the last year, I've launched Intuitive Business. And I did that because, you know, over the last six years now, I have, you know, grown uh, what I'd like to think is a very successful business. And I've actually fused a lot, fused that, obviously, what I know about coaching and self-development, along with my past career, which was 13, 14 years in communications. So messaging, marketing, PR, 
um, branding and everything else. So the business stuff came a sort of a merge of, you know, both of my careers, the former one and the one that I was in um, to really help women in business get seen and heard. So that is a very long winded uh who am I? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I love a long-winded who am I. That's always the best kind of answers. So I've so many questions for you because I really, really love and um, sort of resonate with your holistic approach. It's also, I sort of share that with you and, and think it's so important to look at, look at the whole picture and all different aspects of yourself as well as your life. You mentioned just then that you have all, you always have been able and sort of led by your intuition is that something it, it naturally came for you all throughout your life yeah I was always a sensitive one you know I was always the crybaby and I think I've just always been quite aware of my mind and my body and how I feel and, you know, there, there is a sort of, there's a difference between instinct and intuition, right? Instinct's all about survival, you know, in, uh, intuition is really that connection to higher self. And I think deep down, I've always been interested in self-development. Like even when I worked back in fashion, you know, I used to pick up Vogue magazine and Zest, you know, simultaneously. I've always sort of had one ear, one ear and eye open for the self-development world, but sort of ended up working in something else. And I just think, you know, learning more about ourselves and it, it can be really powerful. And the, the better that we can communicate with ourselves, the clearer and better that we can communicate with the world. And I think now in a time that, you know, communication is, you know, so on offer, actually, you know, are we communicating with ourselves um, as much as we have developed being able to communicate, you know, with the outside world. And I'm talking about sort of being able to, you know, be on a Skype call or, you know, speak to your friend in LA on FaceTime, for example. You know, we, we are connected, but I feel in, in turn we've become quite disconnected to ourselves. So that's sort of why I, I wanted to preach, as it were, um, that we actually have all of the answers, that it's there for us. But, you know, with a lot of clutter that we... Um, bombard ourselves with it can sometimes be hard or difficult to to sort of see and hear through the noise mm, absolutely and I, and I think often I know I'm kind of including myself in this that lots of people struggle to understand what their intuition is and I really I found it kind of interesting it almost had a little bit of a light bulb moment then when you were talking about how you yourself was or you described yourself as the crybaby and, and often emotional and I can say that that is always me as well I'm always easily uh sprung to tears or led to tears with lots of things and I, but I've never thought of that as being connected to being intuitive in, in that kind of connection if you what how would you describe what intuition is to those who perhaps are kind of listening and don't really understand or maybe have heard a lot about it but still haven't quite connected to that within themselves yeah, so intuition is really your connection to higher self or, you know, source, whatever you want to call it. And it's really a sense of knowing. It's very hard to describe because you will feel it very differently to what I feel. But for mm -hmm. me, it's a sense of excitement. So things can come in. It could be what I call a whisper from the universe or an email. And it makes you sort of sit up and you think, oh, that, that sounds exciting. Well, that looks, you know, interesting. Um, and because we've been preconditioned a lot of the time that, oh, we shouldn't do that or we couldn't do it, 
we don't even explore what that what that thing is. Um, and that's sort of that's one element of, of intuition sort of guiding you. It's sort of saying, hey, come and have, take a look at this. You know, this is part of your journey. Um, intuition works in other ways. That sort of sense of knowing that this is a good idea or a bad idea or we shouldn't be going here. or We shouldn't be doing that. Um, and yeah, sort of that sense of knowing I feel it in the heart. You know, it's sort of just this real calling to explore something and that's sort of it in a nutshell just a real deep sense of knowing it's not the reasoning logical brain it's I'm just trusting how I'm feeling on this one they call it a gut sensation right so that gut feeling it's just when you know that something is for you or something isn't for you and it doesn't matter how much logic you try and bring to the table you're still not feeling good about it um, and I think we can all, you know, we all have an example of where that's happened. And, and one of the best ways to learn and explore more about using your intuition is to actually look at times that you haven't used it in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, I wish I'd have done that. I knew I should have said that or I knew I should have, you know, done that thing. Um, yeah. So it comes in in, in many ways. Um, and a lot of the time, as I say, there's just a lot of outside noise, preconditioning belief systems that we have been brought up with that stop us using our intuition intuition is a is a sense it's the sixth sense so just like you have you know your five traditional senses it's your sixth one and just like you have an endocrine system and a digestive system you know it's another system that you can call upon to tune into you know the journey of your life I love how you've just described that as it as it being our sixth sense. I think that encapsulates kind of what it is really, really nicely. Um, have, have there been any sort of specific times where you have markedly kind of listened to your intuition and sort of tapped into it and it's really helped you or examples of when you, you haven't and you've really looked back and thought, oh, no, that that is what where I should have done it this way and, and used that to kind of help moving forward? Oh, for sure. I mean... I, I can go in terms of, you know, how it's helped me my whole career. You know, I think I so I hit my mid 20s. I was an account director. I bought my first flat. Like I ticked a lot of the boxes of sort of traditional, you know, societies like you've made it. And I just felt so lost. And I was really being called to. To, to change the track, you know, and certainly to change the narrative and I ended up actually having a really bad relationship with this guy and um, ended up in therapy. And it was funny. I was I started I, I left my job and I started working freelance for a company between London and Ibiza. Um, so I looked after the London clients and managed that. And the, the founder looked after she was based in Ibiza. But I sort of, you know, went between the two. And we actually signed this incredible um therapist uh, psychologist and she we gave her a deduction and she said uh, would Pandora like any any sessions you know to sort of as a swap and I remember the founder of the business at the time said it was really interesting that she didn't say would you it was it was very much directed to me and her name's Elaine Slater and I, she absolutely like changed my life and that began the start of my journey and I really felt called to go freelance I felt called to 
um, training nutrition. And I sort of started that journey and I just was led, you know, and as I was halfway through my nutrition training, I'd been doing a lot of yoga. I decided to train in yoga and I just, I just allowed myself to be led. And if anything felt good, I went and did it. And, you know, the same really, you know, I was working as a nutritionist and I really felt called to sort of go deep and work with people on a much deeper level and really look at how they were living. And so I did the coaching and I've constantly been led, you know, recently launched intuitive business. I've just finished a program last night actually called The Magnetic Woman, which was an idea that I had around sort of law of attraction and manifesting and embodying what it is to become magnetic and really live a life that you feel is really joyful and satisfying and it just came to me and I was like I've got to do this you know so I'm constantly being guided by my intuition I would say one of the times that I haven't used my intuition or sorry my intuition has told me to do something and I haven't done it was when I had my daughter and she had tongue tie and I wanted to go private and get her tongue slipped um, and my partner at the time was like no we'll wait for the NHS we'll just wait and it it ended up being sort of, I think, about a month by the time she was seen. And she only had 10% use of her little tongue. Oh, and I and I, and I I knew, like, in my heart of hearts, I was like, I know she's struggling. I felt it. And I wish I'd have just, you know, gone private, got it done, would have all been fine. But if these things happen. And, you know, that's sometimes where you might, as a person, feel that your intuition is really calling you to do something but you do have to bring the logic in because in this instance, you know, there were two of us, there were two parents. So we were navigating it together. But, um, you know, I'm always, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, well, obviously I'm pretty good at being guided by my intuition. Sometimes it catches you out and you think, Oh, okay. Yeah. That was interesting. But I know I trust that everything happens for a reason and that, you know, you're, you're never handed something that you can't handle and there's always a learning and everything. Oh, thank you for sharing that that with us. I think there's, there's lots of sort of inspiring um, takeaways from your story and, and how you sort of shifted career and, and that and tapped into your tuition in new ways that you didn't um, perhaps foresee. How in moments that when when someone realises that they should have listened to their intuition or, or perhaps have realised that they made a choice that um, wasn't aligned with it and looking back rather than I imagine that lots of people, and myself included as well, tech is easy to fall into the trap of kind of the shoulds and wishing that you you had done something and getting stuck in that. What is a more positive way that you can navigate this when you've realised that perhaps your intuition had told you something differently? Mm, I think, you know, we really have to, I mean, the world is so full of comparison now because we're sharing more of our lives than ever before. Um and I think, you know, really, I get all of my clients to write down their values. I give them sort of a, an exercise, as it were. And it's one of the first things that I'll always give every single client that I work with, because I want to know what's important to them. So that if they're sort of going off on that, well, I should be doing this. I'm like, uh-uh, not one of your values, you know, eject. Um, and I think knowing our values, knowing what's important to us in life is a really strong foundation for, for, from which we can grow. Um and it takes away that, oh, I should be doing this, you know, and actually always thinking about where that's come from, where that belief has come from. You know, why do you believe that you should be doing this thing? Like, what is it that's led you to that? Um, and I mean, I trained in EFT in the, back in the summer, um, which is sort of a 
um, EFT and Matrix, it's a brilliant way of reprogramming our world beliefs. So it helps me sort of get a little bit deeper with my clients. Um, but the, the should, you know, it comes from a lot of comparison, but also, you know, the way that society has brought us up, you know, that we get married and, and buy a house and have babies. And obviously things are changing now. You know, people are having children much later. Um, lots of people are finding it difficult to become a homeowner. You know, things are really shifting. Women are working more. They're becoming CEOs. You know, we can work from anywhere in the world. You know, I could be sat in London working for a company in L.A. It, it, things are shifting. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes it can be difficult for us to to roll with that as, as, as easily as we would like to. But that again is where intuition comes in. You know, it's like, okay, does this feel right? Great. Let's do it. Mm, mm, Absolutely. And can you tell us a little bit more then you, so you within intuitive living, you specifically explore intuitive eating as well as living and business. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about each of those as well as the kind of symptoms, if we call it that, that people could look after the look out for that uh, perhaps indicate that they could do with tapping into their intuition a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. So, in, so very often I work with people either on eating or living or business. Sometimes, usually with my business clients, <clears throat> the living and the business are very similar, but obviously um, business is someone who has their own business. Um, living sometimes, you know, is someone's career. Eating plays into those if they have an issue with food. Um, but very often, you know, I just work straight up with business clients and we're very much on mindset and growing their business and, you know, copy and branding and messaging and all those things. Um, intuitive eating is really for people who, um, are either have either come out of an eating disorder or, or on the road to healing um completely and we're sort of working with that latter stage or it's people with um issues with food it could be that they're in a cycle of you know binging and restriction or yo-yo dieting or they just feel like they have a really bad um connection to their body so you know they're really hating on their body a lot that's intuitive eating um intuitive living really is it's life coaching you know where do you want to be and let's help you get there um, and we look at the things that are blocking them. So past beliefs, you know, negative self-talk um, and then really practical things like, you know, um, how they're managing their mental health and, you know, how they're eating. Um, and then business, as I say, sort of, you know, is, is an amalgamation of my past career and um, new career. I suppose, you know, if you have an issue with food, you know, if you're thinking about food all the time, if you're restricting you know, if you're waking up worried about how many calories you're going to eat, that's not what I would consider normal. Um, and that's where intuitive eating can come in. So I work a lot with people who have maybe dieted for, you know, 20, 30 years. They sort of hit 45 and think, I'm done with this now. I need to find a, a kinder way to look after my body and to and to eat. Um, and living, you know, the symptoms can be anything from feeling a bit lost, Um wanting to feel more positive you know maybe people uh, I work a lot of people who have sort of low level anxiety or imposter syndrome um or you know a real lack of confidence and they really want to um you know up level in those areas um and then business um can be a real mix actually uh it's very much people either tend to come to me for mindset stuff or the sort of 
the communications, the messaging. Um, and sometimes people come to me, I, because I sort of call myself a 360 coach, I suppose, in business, I'm, I'm actually going to look at how you're eating, we're going to look at how you're living, because you can't isolate them. You know, it's like coaching in business, you've got to look at how people are eating, because how you're eating affects your business, and how you're running your business affects your eating. You know, if you're constantly stressed, and eating, uh, you know, a load of sugar to compensate for feeling stressed and being busy all the time, that's not serving you. So what do we need to look at that's going to help you? Um, I'll use the term hashtag live your best life, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's so important to not not separate anything. And that 360 approach is, is definitely the, the most kind of sustainable and can can have the most profound results for people I completely agree with that as well so what would what does it look like if someone is um eating intuitively and they've tapped into their intuition how how does that mean that they'll be behaving around food or feeling around food it means that they'll take the emphasis off numbers restrictions you know diet mentalities they find a kind of relationship with food one where you know they give the body what it needs um they feel more connected to mind body spirit and instead of restricting or you know calorie counting they can actually just sort of take their foot off the pedal a little bit and be kinder you know with their relationship with food so you know I, I suppose I was drawn to that and came to that because of my own um issues with food in the past um, I was speaking to somebody the other day, actually, and she was like, God, how did you used to eat? I was like, well, I didn't eat pizza and I didn't eat pasta. I was afraid of carbohydrates. You know, I used to exercise religiously, <clears throat> but I wasn't happy. You know, I, everyone was like, God, you're so healthy. But internally, I was really battling, you know, a lot of low self-esteem and <clears throat> low self-worth. Um, so it's it's about really finding a peaceful relationship with food, one where food is food and you use it for fuel, and you enjoy it, and you give yourself what you want, a little bit of everything. But, you know, one of my favourite principles of intuitive eating is gentle nutrition. We all know that we need to eat fruits and vegetables, and we all know that we have to move our bodies to be healthy. Don't drink too much, you know, don't smoke. If it, if you if you want to, fine, it's your, your life, no judgment from my corner of the world. Um, but I think, you know, gentle nutrition is is up there as sort of one of my my favorites because we can't forget that we do need to do these things in the name of health but equally if you're you know I've got to eat all of my vegetables it's, it's not what you eat in a day it's what you eat you know over the course of the month that will have an effect on your um nutritional you know your nutrition levels so it's just taking yeah just find really about making peace with food and you know enjoying it and not letting it dictate your life Mm. And so, so gentle nutrition is sort of less about seeing everything in such black and white terms. Yeah, it's just knowing that you know, eat your veg, mm. eat your veg, but don't get obsessed with it. Um, and I think you know, I think over the years, as health has really—I mean, I was doing health PR, what maybe seven, eight years ago, and just the, certainly in London, the health world. Was, booming absolutely booming people were like it's all smoothie bowls and acai and Mm -hmm. and I was part of that of course you know I was definitely riding that train um but it can become quite confusing you know like oh should I be on the paleo or should I be on this diet and oh god carbs bad and then there was like you know celery juice thing and it's just like just eat fruits and vegetables like just 
and eat them in different ways. Have them raw, bake them, fry them if you fancy, you know, roast them up now and again. Like it, we really shouldn't confuse food. As long as you are eating, you know, a good portion of fr- different fruits and vegetables throughout the week, um, you're getting enough protein, you're getting enough carbohydrates, you're having a little bit of sugar here and there. Because let's face it, you know, a world without cake or, you know, your advent calendar would be pretty depressing. And, um, you know, don't drink too much coffee, don't drink too much alcohol, but enjoy it when you do. It's sort of, we just completely confuse the whole world of food and nutrition. And yes, you know, if you have a hormone imbalance, there might be certain foods that will trigger that. So you might want to reduce them a little bit. You know, if you've got skin conditions, the same will apply. So, I, you know, I still believe that food can heal. Absolutely. But for, you know, the general public, the data, you know, the, the people that have, you know, very sort of what I would call like moderate health, they're pretty healthy. You know, they exercise. Food is food, you know, use it for enjoyment and don't eat too much um, and don't eat too little. <laughs> Mm, yes good really useful sort of tips there I think and it's so simple but I think we're so many people um still fall into those those habits and, and often feel so overwhelmed I often have conversations with people in you know about the world of nutrition and saying how overwhelmed they feel because there's so many mixed messages coming in from the outside and I think that's with intuitive eating it sounds like that's so powerful because it's about just tapping into you and what feels good and right for you on any given day and trying to maintain balance and and that certainly is is most important exactly and I was speaking to my course last night about you know every day demands a different you some days and also what people don't understand when I encourage people to think about is you know, if you're a woman, your cycle is going to dictate a lot of the time how you're feeling, therefore how you're going to eat. You know, if you have had a good night's sleep, you might want to eat less the next day because you're feeling energized. If you had a really bad night's sleep, you might actually need a little bit more fuel because you're quite tired. So, you know, looking at our our emotions as well, how we're feeling, if we're going through a troubling time, you might need a little bit of sugar to pick you up and comfort you. But if you're using food to comfort you every day, then that's when you need to look at actually, what am I feeding here? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. What What am I feeding is a question. Mm, is it physical hunger? Or is it emotional hunger? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that is a really, really powerful question to check in with yourself, I think, a lot. And as someone, I'm such an emotional eater. So I, I, that's one that I'm certainly going to remind myself of and just pause and Give yourself the space to, you know, ask ask yourself questions like that. I know for me that's something that I um, try to prioritise because often it's easy to let that slip and suddenly you've, you know, eaten loads of stuff that doesn't make you feel good, both emotionally and physically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, we all use food for comfort now and again. That's it, it's, it, you know, it's a good thing sometimes because it's an indication that something's wrong. Mm. But if you're doing that over a long period of time that's when you maybe need to say, okay, let's, let's check in with myself, you know, what's going on for me right now. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's absolutely okay here and there to, to use food for comfort. It's like if you've had a bad day and you just want to get home and eat a big bowl of pasta or, you know, you're out with your mum and you want to eat some cake and have a nice coffee. Like, you know, we should be using food, um, you know, in a more, um supportive way really for us for ourselves 
Mm, absolutely. So what would be your um, kind of advice or biggest tips to help people if they listen to this and they're realizing, actually, I am, you know, I, I have perhaps been behaving in these ways around food or I feel like I'm not listening to my gut instinct enough. What would be your tips to help people start tapping into that intuitive living and eating and within their work as well? Um, the I think the first step would be to tune into how you feel. I would actually, for especially for women, for women, actually tune into their cycle and how they're feeling on every given day. Um, look at what your triggers are. You know, actually, what is behind the food. Um, and certainly with the living, you know, think about, as I say, you know, what's important to you? What are your values? Um, you know, where do you want to be? What, who, who, you know, I would say to clients in the morning, like, who do I choose to be today is a really nice journaling technique. So it gets you into the mindset of like, I want to be a successful businesswoman or I want to be, you know, a really kind boss and or I want to be really generous um or I want to have real impact on the world you know what who is it that you want to be and then let's help you get there and you know as part of that you have to look at the beliefs you have to look at your beliefs around food your beliefs around your abilities your beliefs around you know feeling good enough and feeling complete and worthy to actually do what you want what it is that you want to do because so often you know certainly I think as women we feel ashamed for wanting more or we feel like we don't deserve to have it all you know I work a lot with sort of money mindset with a lot of my clients and the stuff that comes up the most is oh I feel, I feel guilty for wanting more money well, why you know and, and so you've got to get you've got to go there and you've got to really bring up that old stuff otherwise it's just going to sit there and continue to relive you know you're going to relive it in different experiences of your life and I also you know encourage people to think 360 don't isolate that one thing or, you know, oh, I don't feel good enough and it affects, it's affecting this. Actually look at how that affects all areas of your life. You know, how does it affect your relationships, how you are at your job, um, how you're, you know, how you mother, like, you know, how you eat. It, it, it will affect you in so many different ways. So I think unpacking that is was really important. Mm, you know, that's that's really useful and I think some important reminders there and I love that who do I choose to be today as a, as a way to kind of open up your mindset into the possibilities and step into the person that you want yeah. to be going forward um so uh, when this episode comes out I think it, it's a week before Christmas so we're well and truly in the festive season and with that is or just after Christmas is not only a new year and as we were talking just before we started recording we've got a whole new decade coming up so I would love for you to share a little bit of um or sort of share your insights as a coach of how people can get get the, the new decade started or kick it off to the best possible start and any advice you have around goal setting and intentions Oh, absolutely. I've actually just um, created my 2019 review 2020 vision worksheet for my newsletter peeps. Um, first of all, don't worry if you haven't got a clue what you want from next year. Your new year can start at any point, you know, and every day is a new day for growth and new opportunities. 
it is, however, lovely to look at actually what you've achieved for the year. I work with a lot of clients who are like, who will say, oh, you know, I just feel like I haven't got anything done. And actually, when we look back, they've got a lot done. And the same applies, I think, when we get to the end of the year, you know, we get a bit nervous. Like, oh, have I actually done anything this year? Go back, look at January, February, March, continue to December. Look at the holidays you've done, the projects you've finished, you know, the conversations you've had, the things that you're proud of and really sit in those achievements because they're all little wins. You know, even the smallest stuff could have had a really big impact on you. Um, And then to get you started, you know, think about a word of the year. Actually, what does, you know, the last year um, embody and what will the new year embody and how will you, you know, um, bring that word into every area of your life? Um, And then I would always start with intention. So actually really looking at how you want to feel and the impact that you want to have. And then you can set your goals from there. So, for example, I might set an intention to work with 500 women next year. And I want to feel and and I really want to empower them and feel empowered in the process. And then, of course, I'm going to go, right. Well, if I want to reach 500 people, how many one to ones am I going to do? How many online courses am I going to do? And I sort of set the goals from that. So um, and it doesn't matter whether my my last um, uh, my last piece of advice would be always detached from the outcome. Because so often if we are trying to control that one outcome and we can only see it as that, we miss the opportunity for it to be something else and potentially something greater. So, you know, I'd like to, again, that's where intentions come in. I want to feel really, really supported in my job. Instead of saying, I want that job, you know, I want to feel supported in in this job and I'd like it to be something around this. You're opening up to lots of possibilities versus going, I only want that one job. So detaching from the outcome can be really powerful because, you're sort of opening up opportunities for different things. You know, I always have sort of clear, clearish things that I'd, I'd quite like to sort of sort out a book deal another for my second book next year. Um, it's out there. I've thought about it, and I'm just going to be open to different ways that it could come in. I, I do love goals and intentions, but equally, again, it's sort of you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be done. It's just if it if it's something that makes you feel good then do it. And if it doesn't, then just perhaps give yourself a word of the year, you know, that will anchor you throughout throughout the year. Mm. Oh, I, I really like that. And I think it, it sounds like it's really important to set that intention, but also, again, find that kind of point, as we were discussing, um, discussing around the food, of that kind of gentle intentions. And it's not rigid and set in stone. And it's about the process, not just the final outcome. It is always about the process. You know, you have to you have to be enjoying the journey. You feeling good is the most important thing, especially and I'm not going to go too deep into law of attraction because it's a very complex subject. But, you know, law of attraction, manifesting, whatever you want to call it, you feeling good, you keeping yourself topped up is the most important thing. So even when you're going through challenges, can you have gratitude for what it's teaching you? You know, it's that's you feeling good, choosing to feel good. And if you are so set on the outcome and you're not enjoying the journey, then you won't be feeling good. So what's the point, you know? Um, And I think it's really important to, yeah, to to be able to anchor yourself in that and know that even on the sort of, you know, the darker days, you know, there's light at the end of the channel. 
Mm. Yeah, and that's a really powerful reminder, especially especially I think as we come into those the colder, darker days of, of winter, literally, where it's easy for people to um, kind of maybe beat themselves up for not doing the things that they usually do and and also to kind of feel stuck in that it's going to, the, the way they are at the moment, it's going to last forever. So I think even reminding ourselves in that literal sense of each day is a fresh start as well as the new year. I like what you said before exactly. that you can start the new year at any point. Exactly. Um, pivoting is a great one for that. So recognize it. Well, there's pivoting and then there's like three, three set step emotional set point. So if you're feeling challenged or you're feeling overwhelmed, pivoting is an opportunity to say, okay, how can I change perspective here? How can I look at the situation differently? And that sometimes is what is it teaching me or what do I need to learn here? Or can I actually, instead of feeling really overwhelmed by this, can I, you know, create a different, can I look at it differently? Actually, it's not that overwhelming. Um, Why don't I try and bring in X, Y, Z? And then there's like the three steps. So call it like the emotional set point but if you are feeling a negative emotion don't just brush it under the carpet feel it like recognize it and then the second step is to accept it and forgive it so okay I'm feeling this and I need to just accept this is how I'm feeling today and then choose a you know a, a better emotion so okay I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed because I've got this bill that's come in and I'm worried about how whether or not I'm going to be able to afford it um what could you choose? What's this, what's a, one, the next best emotion? Do you know what? I'm actually going to choose hope. I'm going to really hope that the money comes in and I'll be able to pay that bill. You see what I've just done there? You know, you recognize it, you accept it, and then you try and feel a bit better about it. Um, and this is a, a teaching of Abraham Hicks from, um, uh, you know, the original book, as it were, asking it is given. But it's always helped me and has been a bit of a game changer for me um, in the last couple of years. Mm, no, I, th- I I agree. I sort of know it as uh, emotional decoding, so slightly different phrase and teaching yeah. that with my clients. And I think it's so easy to avoid feeling uncomfortable or when we do feel those uncomfortable emotions to either try and escape them in whatever capacity, whether that's that whole pack of biscuits and like we were saying, or making a choice that eases that emotion, but to to, to face up to them and accept them for what they are exactly like that and then making a choice because it is always a choice to to shift I think is is a really really important thing to remind ourselves to do and, mm. and pivoting like that is is a really nice way to to do it yeah. so that kind of brings us to the end of of all the questions that specifically for you but there are questions that I like to ask everyone and the first one being can you share with us a time that you have failed in inverted commas and what lessons that you learned from it? Oh, that's a great question, isn't it? Well, I feel like you're, you know, you're learning all the time. Um, hmm. I don't think I've sort of got a one experience where I feel like I really failed, mm-hmm. but maybe because I've always seen failure as a learning um actually okay I have got one here we go um when I first launched my business I was doing a bit of catering alongside my nutrition practice so it's about six years ago and I found it really stressful because it was sort of like obviously fresh food so you had to be in the kitchen every three days Mm -hmm. and I knew that it wasn't working for me 
And so I decided to stop doing it. And then about six months later, a really cool and trendy gym approached me and wanted me to um, sort of do food for them. And so I started it again. And you know what? I knew at the time I was like, this is going to break you, Pandora. This is going to break you. And it did, second time round. Um, and I ended up in hospital with a kidney infection and sepsis. So that was fun. Um, oh, wow. and, but, you know, I didn't, I don't think I necessarily, necessarily saw it as a failure, but more of a learning mm-hmm. that actually, you know, and the positives from it was that I really knew it really helped my calling to train in coaching um, because I knew that I didn't want to have um, outgoings overhead, such as, you know, a kitchen. Um, and I wanted to actually work a bit more, um, a bit more sort of one to one with people. So that was the positives, I suppose. Mm, exactly. And I think that's why I like to ask that question It's to sort of debunk the the fear around things going wrong and that there's, there's always things to learn from them, but we just have to be open to to looking for those learnings if especially if it's something that's happened quite recently it's always in hindsight that that those things tend to become a little bit more obvious but that's why I like to ask that question Um, and what would be your sort of biggest bit of advice for the listeners if you could just give them that golden nugget start before you're ready um we get so afraid of what people will think or how we'll be judged or if you feel in your heart that you want to pursue something then get on and do it you know if we when we are coming from our heart center a place of service a place of inspiration creativity that real passion and that spark you know that's your intuition and just go for it just go for it you know no mm, I love it that's a really really Good golden nugget. Start before you're ready, and especially at this time of year, and when we're reflecting on um, the past year gone and looking forward to to the changes we want to make. There will always be someone around you trying to hold you back, or there'll always be a challenge in the way. And I think certainly for women, I mean, I can I only work with women really, so um, you know, building resilience, like learn from your mistakes and then move on. Um, and that's sort of really where it's starting before we're ready. Like you are constantly growing and evolving. And if you can trust in that and trust in the journey, then, you know, you will be what I would call a magnetic woman. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. And I think and that by doing so, you're taking away that fear of things going wrong, which is often keeps people frozen and, and prevents them from taking action. Mm, exactly. So where can everyone find you and connect with you? They can find me at Pandora Paloma underscore on Instagram. And the website is rootedliving.co. Um, yeah, that's probably the best place to find me. Well, thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest. It's been great to talk to you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Every review and rating really helps boost us in those iTunes charts and helps other people find the podcast. So I'm really grateful and appreciative of every single one. Let's build this curiosity club and community. Until next time, stay curious.